Welcome to the So Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. Hi, hello. Welcome to the So Lux Life Podcast. I'm Crispin J. Watson, your host. And today I have a very special guest with me, Miss Sarah Rasanzi. She is a holistic health coach and advocate for sexual assault and domestic violence victims. Her Facebook blog, Finding Your Brave Voice, focuses on empowering victims of assault and domestic violence to transform into strong survivors while bringing awareness to issues that many struggle with. As a health coach, Sarah uses the tools she learned in training to encourage balance in areas of spirituality, health, self-care, creativity, and career on her blog. Her message is one of love and empathy, and as a survivor of sexual assault and domestic violence, she knows how important having balance in these areas can be to someone's well-being and recovery. She hopes to continue to use the tools she learned in training to empower, encourage, uplift, and support women from all walks of life. Lately, as a woman who has struggled with and experienced infertility, she hopes to expand her coaching practice to reach women desiring to improve their health to aid in fertility using holistic methods to bring greater well-being in every area of their lives. So everyone, meet Sarah. Sarah, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm very well. So can you tell us a little bit about you, like where you grew up and how you got to where you are now? Just kind of take us on your journey. Sure. So um, um, it's kind of a long journey, but I'll try to keep it a little bit, a little summary. Um, <laughs> I, was born, I was born in Corpus Christi, Texas, and um, I don't, I think I lived there very long. We moved from there to Virginia, where my sister was born, my sister Lori, and um, she was born a year and five months after I was. Um, then we moved to South Carolina, and from there we moved to Alaska, where another sister was born. Uh, we lived in Anchorage, and um, from there we moved to New York. Oh, wow. There. Yeah, we we were there like three months. The job didn't go very well, and I remember, <laughs> I re the one thing I there's two things I remember from New York, and um, it was it wasn't New York City. It was somewhere in New York. Um, there was a pool in the winter. We moved there in the winter, and there was a pool in the backyard, and we it was covered up, and we were so excited that we were gonna get a swim. And the other thing I remember is we were put in a school where they made me take a nap, and I was very offended because <laughs> I, I was I was too big for a nap. I, I was very upset and so did how, not want to take a nap. How old were you then? I think I was about six years old. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I was very offended. Um, and um, so then from New York, we moved to Alabama, and. Um, believe at that time my brother uh, Michael was born and then we moved to Maine back to Alabama to Canada where one of my another one of my my, my small um, youngest sister Anna was born and we moved back to Alabama <laughs> and then we moved to Israel where my youngest brother Elijah was born and from Israel 
Um, after two and a half years in Israel, I moved back to the States. My family had moved back before me and left myself and a sister there to um, finish out our school year. I was really hoping to get um, um, enlisted in the Army and not have to go back to the States. But that didn't work out. I, I actually left before I had to go um, for my appointment with signing up, however they do that. And um, my, so I didn't get to serve in the military over there. Um, and instead, I moved back to the States in Houston, Texas, and um, moved to Oregon. And I lived in the Northwest for 13 years. Um, and I moved eventually to Birmingham, which is where I'm, I am now in Birmingham, Alabama. So wow. I've been here for six years. You moved around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I did moved around a lot. So I had a lot of life experiences during those, that time. Um, and, um, I, I learned a lot and struggled with things and learned a lot and um you know eventually just uh I don't know what else to say about that it was a lot of moving around <laughs> yeah you did so uh what would you say your favorite place was that you lived oh my goodness okay so my heart is torn right here um <laughs> because I absolutely love love the northwest Everything there is so vibrant and beautiful. And if you are in the, like Portland, Oregon or Estacada, it's like a enchanted forest when you're driving, kind of like Lord of the Rings type of stuff. <laughs> and then, of course, I love Israel. So um, my heart's torn between those two places. Um, I eventually do hope to move back to Israel. So um, probably, you know, eventually probably maybe 10 10 15 years move back there oh wow so you want to um, live there permanently oh yeah well you know my husband and I have talked about it and, you know um, maybe have a house there and have a house here we haven't quite decided but um, yeah I would I would love to I always wanted to move back to Israel in fact that was my plan after I had um, left Israel, I was going to get a job, save up enough money and go back. And um, that didn't happen. I, I got distracted. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, right now my husband's got a great job and uh, he can't really leave it right now. So we're waiting for, for that. Totally understandable. Timing is everything. And you mentioned that you dealt with some struggles along the way. So what's really one thing that helped you overcome those struggles and to keep moving forward and keep persevering? Well, you know what? I've always been a fighter. Um, I didn't really know that about myself until <laughs> the last few years. But I've always been a fighter and um, I've always had a great deep love for God. Um, even though in my teenage years, probably, I don't know, I don't know, I'd say 16 through yeah, about 25. So into my 20s, I kind of didn't, ha I didn't really have that great of a relationship with, with God. But um, about, 
I guess 25 is when I really um, started developing a really close relationship with him. And that is what has um, really helped me is that, that relationship. So amazing. Same here. Cause I've mm -hmm. been through many struggles in my life. And the only thing that's really gotten me to where I am now is my faith in God and just being positive and not letting the distractions keep me away from my purpose in life. Mm -hmm. So um, as far as reading out your bio, you mentioned you struggle with infertility. I'm so sorry to hear that, Sarah. Um, but to other women out there that may be struggling with the same issue, um, just like what's a word of advice and encouragement you would give to them? Mm, number one, don't give up. That's it. <laughs> Number one is don't give up and then find a way to deal with the, the stress and the heartache, whether that's um, through meditation, through prayer, through yoga, um, or, you know, just something to help deal with that. And keep, stay positive. Don't give up. So that's more than one word of advice. There's so many things to say. There is. I like how you mentioned, don't ever give up. Um, I know you've been through a lot in your life. You also mentioned that you are a survivor of sexual assault and domestic violence and things like that. Do you feel like you going through those experiences kind of hindered you for a while or did you just keep going? Um, what was kind of like your view on that? What really helped you to get over that? I know you said like your faith and things in God, but did you do, mm -hmm. um, other things, maybe like counseling or you got into a routine of maybe working out or doing something that really got your mind off of those circumstances? Um, yeah. So, you know, I was first assaulted when I was 15 in Israel and um that was my first assault and then um again when i was 16 and that was um something that i tucked away in my head and i actually um, repressed a lot of memories and i didn't deal with it too well at the time in fact i am um, looking back now where i am now i had a lot of um um I had a lot of struggles in that area in the sense that I had a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? Out, outward. Stay I don't want to say manifestations, but um, <laughs> outward um, um, ways of how I dealt with it without dealing with it. Um, and, and by that, I mean um, PTSD that mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of that I had that um, and um, just outward, like how I would act um, you know, with um, different aspects of PTSD um, and getting into relationships that were not healthy for me, but that also comes from domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. So, um, and not, and I didn't really realize any of these, <laughs> that I had any of these problems because I wasn't dealing with what happened to me. First of all, at 16, I repressed the memories. And then at 17, I 
blame myself. And so I just kind of lived in the state of denial and just did not deal with them. Instead, I reacted in different ways. And there's so many different ways that women and men, men who have experienced assault, will react if they don't get therapy and if they don't deal with things. So um, when I was about 25, I got married. And um, this person was a veteran. And they told me that they had they had they had dealt with PTSD. And they told me that they had never seen anyone with as many symptoms of PTSD as myself. Um, oh, wow. So and I, I just kind of was like, ah, you know, but at that time, I was really developing my relationship with God. So God was really able to help me work on myself. I really worked a lot on myself and um, dealt with many character issues that I thought were character issues. And I really grew um, in, in those areas and kind of put a lot of those things aside that had bothered me, but I still had things that bothered me. So when I was um, 30, hmm, 34 or 30, 30, around 34, 35, I, I was, I was assaulted again. And um, that, yeah, I, let me back up a little bit. I spent eight years in, in a, a marriage that was, um, that ended after eight years, but um, I was really kind of protected from the dating world because I didn't date. Obviously I was married and things like that. And I was spending all this time working on myself and learning more about myself. So, and I had thought I had overcome many different areas that I had struggled with before then. And so when that assault happened at 35, it kind of sent me a little bit of a tailspin. And if anybody is aware or knowledgeable of um, um, how abuse and assaults affect you, um, this is how my therapist explained it to me. You start out on a straight line, mm-hmm. you're going on down this straight line, and all of a sudden something happens to you, and it pushes you off, off course. And you try to get back on course, but you never get really onto that straight line, and then something else happens again, boom, and you're off again. So it's just this constant being put off, trying to come back, being put off. And so um, when that happened when I was in my 30s, I had that little bit of a tailspin and um, didn't really deal with it again because I'd had a, 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 a pattern of not dealing with it and blaming myself. And I blame myself again. And it's so typical. You, you blame yourself for, for things, but, right. you know, so um, then I got into a um, relationship with somebody who was very abusive and even threatened my life. And that is actually what brought me to realize that even though I had done so much work on myself um, and I had healed in many different areas, I had not overcome the tendency to not be attracted to mm-hmm. narcissistic, abusive men and attract, attract them. And I would just, push away anybody that was nice. And I didn't really know why I was doing that. So I had this like epiphany, so to speak, as I was driving on 280, um, this freeway down here. And I realized, oh my gosh, all this work I've done and I still haven't fixed this part about myself. And that's why 
I keep getting into these relationships. So I actually started um, seeing a therapist around that time. And I think I'd already started seeing her. And so I was working with her and we were talking about things. And I remember one of the sessions, my first session, I sat there with her and it was a sexual assault counselor. And I sat there with her and I told her, you know, I don't really think that this is going to work for me because you're a counselor for assault victims. And I'm here because I just want to get my life back in order. <laughs> and, and I feel like I've lost myself. Mm-hmm. And now before I'd gone there, I'd filled out a form and I had listed those things that had happened to me. So she said to me, she said, you know what? It's okay. We have women come here all the time and, and they leave and they never get help. And people and you know, other people that work here are like, well, why they leave? They need the help. And she said, I just know that one day they're going to come back or they're going to find help somewhere else. And it's okay. Um, that's kind of a little process people go through. So she said, you know, just try it out and see how it feels. So I remember um, we were sitting there talking about what had happened to me in my 30s. And at that time, I still wasn't able to say that I had been raped. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, Try not to do that. Sorry. Um, so um, I, hadn't, I hadn't ever been able to say that. And so when I told her what happened, she said, oh, Sarah, um, you were raped. And I said, well, you know, it was my, you know, and she no. Yeah. You know, and I said, you know what? You're right. I was raped. Oh, so, wow. That's so powerful, Sarah. It was. And that, just through that acknowledging verbally what had happened instead of just denying it and trying to take the blame and the responsibility was the beginning of me just dealing with a lot of things that had happened to me and um, dealing with that tendency to uh, attract the wrong type of guy or be attracted (laughs) to the wrong type of guy. I fixed that. I even did hypnotherapy. So I did, you asked me what I did. I, I, I prayed a lot. Now uh, here's the, here's the thing that's so, so cool. I was looking very, very hard for a therapist. And I prayed and I asked God, I said, God, I need help. I am so messed up. I need help. Please give me the right person. So I met her. And even though I never would have chosen a sexual assault therapist for myself ever, I never would have done that. So it was just very, very cool how that happened. Um, and then um, I started um, now um, it was therapy, I did therapy, I went to group therapy, I um, started getting involved in meetings with other victims um, and survivors. I, um, did I say I did hypnotherapy? I did hypnotherapy and I um, started journaling a lot. That was something that I did when I was a kid, but I really picked that up. I started journaling and um, really facing um, my inner I won't say demons, but my inner self that was doing me. Um, and um, I, another thing, just through my health coach training, I knew a lot about nutrition. But when you go through abuse and you go through assault, you tend to forget things because you've been knocked off course. And um, 
you just um, have to kind of get yourself back together and kind of get a firm foundation and, and support system for yourself. So yeah, I had that support system as well. And then I was at a, um, a um, teaching one time, a, a presentation where this woman was talking about different things to do to help recover and, and get on your feet after an assault and how to deal with PTSD and depression. And at the time, I was extremely depressed. I just come out of that horrible relationship and I was dealing with all these different um, assaults that had happened with me. So I was very depressed. I didn't even want to get up in the morning. I had a job and I had a little dog I was taking care of. And if it hadn't been for that little dog and my job, I probably would just have stayed in bed all day. Um, and um, I mean, I didn't even want to shave my legs. Now, when I don't want to shave my legs, that's a bad situation. <laughs> that is a bad. That's so, like if I'm not so, shaving my legs, like you know, I'm going through it. Okay, <laughs> that's right. So, anyway, um, I mean, so, um, but she was talking about um, how serotonin is very important for people. Serotonin levels, people with depression, and there's so many different hormones that are that are important when placing with depression. And I'm not a therapist, and I'm not a doctor, so I, I can't speak with any real authority on these issues but um um as I was at before I'd gone to that um that seminar that workshop I had been reading in this book because called the body keeps the score and I can't remember who the author is right now but the body keeps the score and I was reading in there about serotonin and how important it is to get serotonin levels up if you're going through depression and if you're struggling with PTSD and they listed all these drugs, you know, that could help a person and going to a doctor. I don't like drugs. Right. Drugs do help some people and people, some people do, you know, get prescriptions and for depression. I didn't want to do that. I did not want to, to get on any prescription that might even make have any side effects mm -hmm. so I just told God right then and there um help me figure out a way to raise my serotonin levels like the very next day I'm in this workshop and she's talking about raising your serotonin levels and wow. she brought up something that I had learned in college in nutrition and that I had um had um learned in health coaching my health coaching training is that we have basically in, the way I'm going to explain it is this. We have two brains. We have our brain that sits in our head that we think with. Mm -hmm. And um, then we have a, what's called a second brain and that's our digestive system. And that actually makes up, I forget the percentage. Is it, is a big percentage, a huge percentage of the serotonin that goes to our brain. So it's important to have a healthy digestive system. Um, and one of the ways to increase serotonin levels is to eat fermented foods and take a really great probi probiotic. So I was like, oh my gosh, wow. So that was just an answer to prayer, what I've been asking God uh, previously. And I began eating fermented foods like crazy. And um, it really really did help and um that i do not think that that is a uh 
placebo effect. Um, so. <laughs> anyway. so amazing. I admire your strengths there. I really, really do. Because so many people, you know, kind of hide behind what they've gone through or they don't acknowledge it or they're scared to speak about it. And that's one thing I love about um, your blog, Finding Your Brave Voice. Can you kind of tell us, like, what is your vision behind that? What's your inspiration for Finding Your Brave Voice? And, and, and where, where do you want to see it grow? Okay, so um, when I was going through that very depressed state and through the therapy and everything like that, I had a friend send me a video um, on Facebook, um, she's she's a Christian friend, and she sent me a video of T.D. Jakes mm-hmm. talking about the daughters of Sarah. <laughs> and man, was he preaching! <laughs> so, I don't know. Look that one up on YouTube, the daughters of Sarah. I, I don't know if that's what it's called, but he was talking about it, and it was a good five-minute video. And I shot up straight in bed and I said, "I know what I want to do." <laughs> <laughs> I got to get myself off my uh my off my feet up on my feet here and off my butt and I know I've got a vision of what I want to do so um that's where finding your brave voice um started um that's what the uh where it began was that day but um um so finding your brave voice is the first step um in what I would like eventually have it grow from there as it's my first step and um basically it's a blog that just is basically just very simply just about encouragement support um i talk about issues every once in a while that sexual assault victims and domestic abuse victims deal with um i do encouraging little memes um poetry sometimes i post songs anything that just kind of brings encouragement and help and life to people that might be struggling. And I've actually had several people just reach out to me and say, you have no idea how much you put, what you just posted helped me. How did you know I was going through what I'm going through right now? And I'm like, I didn't know. I just posted this. (laughs) I had no idea. So I'm glad I was able to help. Um, and when things like that happen, that makes me realize I'm, I'm, on the, I'm in the right direction. Um, I, I'm doing the right thing. Because, you know, you do run through discouragement every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but um, when things like that happen, it's just, it's just a reminder that you're doing, you're doing what you need to be doing. And so um, th- that's what the blog is right now. And occasionally I interview people on different topics. I've interviewed um, someone about a program she runs. Let me see if I can look it up real quick. Um, Elisa Sklar had a program she runs that helps people with goal setting. And that's one of the things that, you know, um, people with, um, who had um, assaults or domestic abuse, that can be an area where they could struggle for, for goal setting. So I interviewed her. Um, I interviewed, um, I interviewed you. And uh, that was a great, (laughs) yeah, that was a great um, interview. Um, I interviewed, um, let's see, I interviewed also, 
um, Terry Nava, who talked about success and achieving um, what you set out to do and having a good career, um, even though you might have struggles or have had difficult times. Um, and so that's what I, I just, I feel like so many women out there have so many things to share with people mm-hmm. to help them because they have gone through things. I came across this quote, um, the other day and I don't know who said it, but it's this one day, your journey will be someone, one day, your journey will be someone's study guide. Oh, so, wow. so I think that's, a pretty powerful statement. And I think that so many women have so many things, they've been through things and they've overcome and they are survivors and they're thriving. And so they have so many things they can share with people to help pick them up and bring them out of maybe a tough place and help them start on the road to thriving as well. So that's, that's where I was going. But where I would like to see it grow from there is eventually I want to make it a nonprofit and have it a service women, not necessarily um, um, just having a niche with just sexual assault survivors, but just every woman and um, who's ever struggled with something. And so that's eventually what I want to see. I want to see it as as a nonprofit that helps women with different struggles in their life. I love it because I've actually seen you post some stuff and I was like, oh, I needed that. Like that hit me directly. <laughs> so um, if you all are out there, it's on Facebook, Finding Your Brave Voice. So go like the page, go check it out, connect with her. And she also has a wonderful event coming up. I'm so excited mm-hmm. to be a part of it. It's going to be September the 18th. Here in Birmingham. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about the women's high tea and what people can look forward to at that event? Sure. So the women's high tea is an event being held at my synagogue. It's um, at the Knesset Israel Synagogue here in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, and it's for women. It's going to be just women. There's going to be great food. And um, there are going to be three speakers, Terry Nava, you, Kristen Watson, and Annie Damsky, who owns Villager Yoga. So I've chosen three women to speak about topics having to do with a balanced life. So as a health coach, one of the things, I'm, I'm a holistic health coach, so that means that I deal with both diet and lifestyle changes to improve clients' health. So with my training, there were these four areas that we learned that people really need to um, look at in their life to make sure that they have balance. And those are spirituality, career, health, and um, relationships. So I expanded that and I actually focused on six things. I, I only told you five things in the bio, but spirituality, career, health, creativity, self-care, and relationships. But in the women's high tea, I thought, how great would it be if we can just make it something that really impacts women's life in some of these areas, such as spirituality, such as relationships, such as self-care, and such as career. 
So we're going to get to hear from four people. Um, my rabbi is actually going to talk a little bit about spirituality, but it's, it's open to anybody. It's not just for Jews. It's not just for Christians. It's open to anybody. Anybody can come. And um, so they get to hear from them. They get to hear from Terry Nava about relationships, get to hear from you about careers and how to balance everything out with their lives. And then from Annie Damsky about self-care. And also, this is going to be really great. Um, we are going to have live music. We have a piano coming to play. We'll be playing for about the first hour. Just some really nice music to kind of make everybody get in the mood while they're sipping on tea. And there's going to be some alcohol there too. Um, never fear if you like to drink. <laughs> So bring your ID. <laughs> <laughs> bring your ID. That's right. <laughs> so and um and um so just some nice ambiance music and then um a new group which I'm proud to be a part of. It's called La Havot Esh. And La Havot Esh means flames of fire. It's Hebrew for flames of fire. So um we're going to be performing two songs that um we've been practicing so i definitely great. look forward to it i'm so excited um you all can get tickets online i'm gonna post all of that in our show notes um after this podcast is posted you'll see all of that in the show notes and on my blog you'll see it on the website and i will post links to where you can purchase tickets I had my friend tell me yesterday that she's coming and she's going to buy her ticket and everything. So we're super excited about that. Uh, I really do look forward to it. Sarah, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know? And how can they find you? How can they connect with you? Okay. Well, like you mentioned, um, they can connect with me by going to my blog, Finding Your Brave Voice. You can also look me up on um, Facebook. Um, my name is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Rezanzef, which is spelled R-E-Z-O-N-Z-E-W. And so you can connect with me there. And you can also email me if you have any questions or would like to talk with me about health coaching or um, fertility or anything like that. Again, I'm not a doctor, but um, I... <laughs> Do have I also um, worked as a doula, so I have a great uh, affinity and love for um, motherhood and children and all all of that. So, but my email is srizanzef at gmail.com. So I'm not going to go through spelling my last name again, but anyway. uh, no, it'll be um, in the title and everything. So. You all okay. get connected with Sarah. I appreciate her coming on the So Less Life podcast. We will have to connect with her again because she has such a great story and she's so inspirational and her strength is just so amazing and so phenomenal. This little background, me and Sarah used to work together and that's how mm -hmm. we connected. And like her spirit is just so pure and so beautiful. And I tend to cling to those type people. So she's a great person to have in your corner and in your circle. If you need any type of holistic coaching or healing, she's your woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, I want to thank you so much. Those were some very beautiful and kind words. And um, I really thank you for having me on the podcast. 